This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Although theology might be destroyed, there are still concepts that retain, basic tenets that which most humans should follow. Like most things, theology contains lessons from thousands of years of thought. However, it may also contain strains of constraint that should be left in the past. Like most things, theology should never be accepted as whole. Rather, learned from, then left to rot and die, and become something new. The reason, dear listener, I bring this up to you now is poetry. A metaphor, to be exact. Specifically, a comparison between sins, or otherwise poor qualities that humans may inhabit. These specific sins are gluttony and greed. The sin of greed is designated to those who want to gain as much as they can and never let go. These individuals will never give up what they have, even to help another, or themselves. In the old world, greed was thought of specifically when it came to money, because money was a tool used to gain power and, in turn, whatever you wanted. The prospect of greed is enduring and consuming to the point of destruction. But, as I said, greed is only describing a desire for currency. But what if there is no currency? What if the world doesn't use money anymore? Is the sin then eradicated? 
think on this while I describe for you the next sin. Gluttony is for the people who gorge themselves on their own sustenance. People who use to an extreme and beyond. However, the sin of gluttony is specifically and solely talking about food. People who decide the only one who should eat is them, and no one else. But, doesn't that sound like greed? Using something for yourself rather than anyone else? But, what if everyone eats the same? Is gluttony then eradicated? If we abolish the one aspect that makes these qualities poor, are we doing good for the population? I'm not sure. Nor am I asking for an answer. But I will challenge these thoughts and wish to expand on them. Because the world is ever-changing. And that means the lessons we teach must reflect the world. Otherwise... What's the point? As their basic components, greed is taking and gluttony is using. Take and use. Take and use. In order to survive, you must take and use. You cannot use too much or else you will have nothing. You cannot take too much or else you will be slow and ill-equipped. Do you understand now? Survival is a balance of sins. An evil that we must indulge in so we may live. This balance. This sinful tug of war. This is the only way to kill a stalker. Janice flickered her eyes open. She was hurt. There was a little bit of blood pooling next to her. She was inside her tent. It didn't get to her during the night. She checked her wounds. They were somewhat healed. The injection helped, but it didn't stitch her up. She had no thread or a needle. At least a clean one. She looked over at the quick-fix injection she took. She had no clue what was in it, but it basically was able to turn her gashes into big scabs. They were thick and leathery. That fucker almost eviscerated her. Her stomach felt like someone lit it on fire. But she had a job to do. Janus rolled over to look out the side of her tent. The wind and the rain battered the mesh screen. She looked through. She scanned the campsite for it. Found nothing. She looked to the far end of the little rock clearing they found in the forest and saw a ripped green and yellow tent flapping in the wind. The stakes still holding the sides down, but the middle was torn, so it was now whipping around mindlessly. She already knew he was dead. She remembered hearing his screams as the stalker tore him apart. Janice felt bad, but there was nothing she could have done. Last night, she was on the brink of death. Trying to help him would have just killed her too. She forgot his name. 
Tony, Terry, Tyler, something with a T. She needed to get to his tent, though. It should have the tracker in it. Janice studied the rain. It was thicker, and it had the purplish hue of ichor. Yep. The storm was hot. If anyone else touched this water, they would melt in five seconds. Luckily for her, she had a prowess. Janice clumsily put on her coat and walked outside the tent. The storm was getting worse. Icker pelted her face. She swished her arms around the tent and couldn't find the tracker. She cursed and looked around the execution site. Around the rock formation and down a hill, Janice could see broken branches and pieces of clothing where tea was dragged. Janice took her pack, not bothering to break down camp, and followed the trail. Machete in hand, Janice quickly made her way down the slope and continued on the trail. The farther she went, the more blood and skin she began to find until she saw the body. It was pouring at this point. Janice's feet kept squishing into the ground, making it harder and harder to keep going. But she had to. For the safety of them. T's body was ripped up pretty good, but not enough to be unrecognizable. His torso was on the beach while his legs slowly dragged along the river. Janice hoisted the body up out of the river. It was missing an arm and half his innards, but didn't smell, surprisingly. Janice looked at the coat. Oh, fuck. The stalker ate the name tag. Ugh. Oh well. I guess Janice will never know his name. Janice found the tracker in his pack, along with eight extra nine millimeter and whatever was left of his bullpup. She found a can, an empty syringe, pliers, and his first aid, which only really had some rubbing alcohol in it. She took it all. She needed it. It was the only way she could win. Janice decided to evaluate everything she had. A pistol, 16 shots, an automatic rifle, 20 shots, a machete, an empty syringe, a can of food, a dry blanket, some duct tape, rubbing alcohol, and maybe four feet left of bandages. That wasn't enough. She needed more. If T was killed during a storm, that means the stalker could have healed, or worse. The town. It was her best bet if she could just... A crack. Branches cracking. It's close. Janice took out the bull pup and put her back against the tree. She tried to calm herself. Her breath was shaky. She was the world's last defense against this stalker. She can't kill it now. She needs more. A flash of shadow passed around her, and in the far northwest corner of her vision she saw it. Eight feet tall. Red eyes. Its skin was brown with dark red patches where it was shot and stabbed. The team did a number on him, but it wasn't enough. 
The team started with five, and now it was just her. But now, there was a new addition to this stalker. A white bone jutting out of its skull. A horn. It must have come from when it killed T. Janice thought, aimed, and shot. The stalker immediately charged. It smashed into her and the tree. She got a good amount of shots in, but she basically lost her entire magazine. Janice went flying down the hill again and towards T. Janice didn't bother looking for the bullpup again because it wasn't worth it. She heard the heavy footfalls of the stalker. It rocketed over the hill and back at her. She fumbled with her machete and was able to barely get it out before she was bucked by the horn, doing a flip and then falling back into the wet mud on her face. Janice rolled over to see two sets of teeth rushing at her. Janice flipped the machete vertically, blade side towards the beast. With the force of half a car, the jaw and nose of the once German shepherd split down the middle, going about an inch deep. The yelp almost blew out Janice's ears, and the stalker leaped away into the woods, and in seconds was gone. It would be back. It knew she was weak. She had to send it running. Injure it enough so that it would need to recover a bit. Janice threw her pack down and scavenged for the tracker. She took it out and was confused. Why wasn't it working? Oh, fuck the rain! The icker. Janice always forgot about the stupid electronics. She would have to track it another way. She needed to know if it was close. Janice took out the tie in her sweatshirt. It was soaked now. She took the can and stabbed a hole through it with the machete and tied one end of the can to the other around the machete. The heavy footfalls were approaching again. She could hear the huffing and puffing. It sounded angry. Like this time, it was personal. She was ready now, though. The stalker was charging once again, its eyes almost to hers when she stepped and stabbed the machete deep into the leg of the beast so far that it was practically no way either one of them would be able to get it out. But now, she was on the receiving end of a charge again, and this time, there was no mud to break her fall. The stalker slammed its knee into the front of her skull and knocked her down. Janice felt the world begin to muddle as she stood back up to regain her footing. The stalker was bucking around, limping, screaming as loud as it could. Without any direction or intent, it haphazardly slammed its body into Janus. And that was the last thing she remembered before she blacked out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales of Prowess. This episode was written and recorded by Philip Jones. Music by Abby Hines. If you like what we do here, consider following us on Instagram and Twitter 
at Find This Podcast. New episodes every week on Thursdays. Thank you all, and we will see you on the next episode of Tales of Prowess. Good night.